In hymn 195 in our hymnal, verse 3 reads, Jesus lives, our hearts know well, not from us his love shall sever, nor death, nor powers of hell, tear us from his keeping ever. Alleluia. A reminder that nothing can separate us from the love of God in the risen Christ. Jesus lives, and Jesus loves, and the world is forever changed. When it was evening on that first Easter Sunday, the disciples were gathered together in the upper room behind locked doors because they were afraid. They were afraid because their leader, the one who was going to bring down an oppressive empire and establish God's reign on earth, had been beaten and hung on a cross to die. They were afraid because the one whom they believed in, the one whom they loved, was dead and buried in a tomb. All hope seemed lost. The disciples were afraid because they were a marginalized group of Jews who were part of a movement begun by Jesus that now seemed over. Their fear of the Jews in John's gospel is more accurately to be understood as fear of the Judeans. Jesus was Jewish, as were all of his disciples. Jesus was a Jew from the region of Galilee. The Judeans were Jews who lived in the region of Judea, as we might suspect. Now, Jesus clashed with the Judean authorities, the elites in Jerusalem, who had collaborated with the Roman Empire. Now Jesus was gone, and the disciples were afraid of what might happen next. The movement he began seemed all but officially over. Now John's community, living in the late first century, could easily relate to the disciples. They, too, were a Jewish community who believed in Jesus as the Messiah. They, too, were marginalized and in conflict with those in the authority of their day, the leaders of the traditional synagogue. The Johannine synagogue was a fearful community. It felt trapped and surrounded in a hostile environment, locked in an intra-Jewish conflict. They were one of several sects of Judaism with differing beliefs and practices in the late first century not unlike many Christian groups today, who differ greatly over biblical interpretations, theology, traditions, and worship practices. It is in such an environment in which John's community is living in that late first century, and it is such an environment in which Jesus' first disciples found themselves on that first Easter evening as they gathered behind locked doors in the upper room full of fear and without hope. Jesus is dead. All seems lost. But neither their fear nor locked doors keep Jesus from coming to them. Jesus lives and Jesus loves. And it is out of this love that the risen Christ, the risen and living Jesus enters the room and stands among the disciples and says, peace be with you. 
a greeting for communal well-being, a greeting offered in love, a greeting to replace fear with witness to the risen Christ. The disciples see Jesus' hands and his side, and they rejoice. Jesus lives, and Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit upon them. The same spirit which empowered Jesus then empowered the disciples to minister in his name. The same spirit that we received in our own baptisms, empowering us to minister as disciples of Jesus in this day and in this age. The same spirit which pours itself into common bread and wine to make them holy, outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual grace. Christ's body and blood offered to strengthen and to renew week after week so that we can do the work of ministry in a world so filled with fear. But our witness, our witness is not out of fear. Our witness is out of the love of God so freely given to us and to the world. Jesus lives and Jesus loves But one disciple didn't get the memo that first Easter Sunday evening. He isn't present in the upper room when the risen Jesus appears to the other disciples and breathes the Holy Spirit upon them. The fourth gospel tells us that Thomas was not with them when Jesus first appeared to the disciples. So they tell Thomas all about it how they were locked in the room, afraid, and the risen Jesus came to them. And we know the story. Thomas did not believe. But I don't think we should be too hard on Thomas. He didn't have the benefit of seeing Jesus as the other disciples had seen Jesus. Until that moment, they too lived in doubt. Their fear was as good an indicator as any that they were in a state of shock and disbelief over the events of recent days. Perhaps we might might even say it was reasonable for Thomas to have doubt. I don't think it made his love for Jesus any less. He knew Jesus died on the cross and was buried in a tomb. I'm confident Thomas wanted to believe what the other disciples told him. Why wouldn't he? To know Jesus lives would have been the best news Thomas could have received. Maybe the pain of losing his dear friend, his leader, maybe it was just too much for Thomas to bear. Fear, fear and doubt can be powerful weapons against hope. So what does Jesus do? He returns to the upper room a week later. The doors are shut, but this time not locked. The disciples, all but Thomas, no longer living in fear. They know Jesus lives, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus again comes to them and greets them with peace. He then turns to Thomas and offers that which Thomas said he needed to believe. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Jesus lives 
And Jesus loves. And the living Jesus comes to Thomas out of that love so that he too will believe. So that Thomas's fear and his doubt will be replaced with a witness to the risen Jesus. Thomas immediately declares to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus offers a sign of his resurrection to Thomas. A sign that Jesus lives and that Jesus indeed loves. John's gospel tells us Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in the fourth gospel. But these signs, the risen Jesus appearing to the disciples on Easter evening, and again the risen Jesus appearing to them with Thomas present a week later, are written so the Johannine community know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that there's life in his name. Contrary to the fear of the disciples that Easter evening, and contrary to Thomas's doubt, Jesus showed himself to have risen from the dead. He erased their fear and doubt, and he empowered them to be witnesses of the resurrection to be witnesses of Jesus' love for the world. The movement they thought had ended, in actuality, was just getting started. And the Jesus movement continues today. It continues with us. And the world needs Jesus' love as much as it ever has, because fear and doubt are still with us, even heightened at times. There are many who live in fear, many who have doubt. And psychologists actually suggest a little fear is healthy. It helps keep us safe. So, too, a little doubt or skepticism, as it keeps us asking questions to seek truth. But too much fear, too much fear is debilitating, even destructive. Doubt, which is contrary to fact, can be equally dangerous. But negative fear and doubt, they can consume us. They can consume a society until our fear and doubt of others, fear and doubt of the unknown, fear and doubt about, every future, about our very future can lead humans to some dark and ugly places. Such fear and doubt appeals to the less attractive aspects of a human nature and can, if we are not careful, if we are not vigilant, can lead us to those places we do not want nor dare go. But it is into a world of fear and doubt Jesus came. It is into a world of fear and doubt in which Jesus preached a message of justice rooted in love. It is into a world of fear and doubt that Jesus first gathered disciples, opposed the cruel and corrupt powers of the Roman Empire, was convicted and crucified by that empire, and died on a cross. And on the third day, Jesus' love broke through death, and he exited the tomb. That evening, he appeared to his disciples. And they believed. Jesus lives and Jesus loves. Then he appeared to them again so Thomas could believe. Jesus lives and Jesus loves.
And Christians throughout the centuries have been giving the gospel as a witness to all that Jesus did so that we too can believe. Jesus lives and Jesus loves. We've received the Holy Spirit in baptism and the same Spirit renews us in Holy Communion. So we are empowered to proclaim to the world, Jesus lives and Jesus loves. So my friends, we are not to despair. We are not to let fear and doubt consume us. Instead, let's show the world Jesus lives and Jesus loves. Alleluia. Amen.